I'm Chief Conti of the Metropolitan Police Department. Distracted driving is putting lives at risk. Help us make Vision Zero a reality by keeping your eyes on the street. MPD is enforcing D.C.'s hands-free distracted driving laws. One text or call can wreck it all. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That long ball is going to go for a touchdown. The game's over. Webster Slaughter. Blockers in front, five, touchdown! Joshua Cribbs turns disaster into a score! Sight wants it all on this one for Ovid, and he is there! Jim Brown with the 30, Jim Brown is going to go in for another touchdown! The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Wow! It is Baker Mayfield. I woke up feeling dangerous! Hello, Cleveland. Welcome to another edition of the 1085 Gridiron Podcast. I am your host, Jack McCurry. It's another victory pod as the Browns have won. They beat the Bengals 27 to 19. They are now six and seven on the season. So time for another victory pod. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Anthony Jokey. How you doing, bud? You know, this uh, podcast almost didn't happen because we had some, well, I won't say we, I guess I had some major uh, audio issues and right now I am very annoyed at them, but uh, I'm excited that we get to talk about about another Browns win. I'm not excited that we get, have to talk about a lot of the drama that's gone on, but a win is a win and uh, we're here to discuss that. Yeah, you're definitely right. A win is a win, although, I mean, like the majority of the wins this season, uh, you know, the drama and the distractions overshadow that victory, but let's dive right into it. I mean, obviously, yesterday, like I said, the Browns won. Uh, it, let's go right into the offense. Like, Baker Mayfield, he, he struggled, and, you know, this was definitely a, a surprising thing to a degree. You know, we talked about on the pregame, you know, I said that, you know, the secondary was their strong suit because obviously up front, while there is talent, they have struggled at stopping the run, but they've been okay at stopping the pass. But Baker struggled, um, you know, him and Kitchens both said after the game and today that, that the hand wasn't an issue, but it just looked like, you know, Baker wasn't himself. You know, he was forcing the ball to Odell, uh, his mechanics, you know, his throwing like off his back foot and stuff just looked like an issue. Uh, Anthony, you were there in the stadium. Like, how do you, how were people reacting to Baker's performance and how did you think Baker performed yesterday? Well, it, it was a, it was not the greatest game, and, and I think that's pretty obvious from Baker. Um, I think most of the fans were upset about the lack of running the football in the first half. I mean, when you have the leading rusher in the NFL and you're going up against a 32-ranked, um, which is dead last in the NFL rush defense, 
I, I think a lot of people expected us to run the ball a lot more. But in, in terms of uh, Baker's effort yesterday, yeah, it, it was uh, it was sloppy mechanically. I that first interception was a, a joke uh, that should have never been uh, ruled an interception. I don't know uh, how they ended up calling that one, but um, you know that other one was a, a bad throw uh, that, that went off the, the hands, and you know it's just. Uh, it's just a a step backwards, uh, for sure. You know, after it had some positive momentum in, in the passing game, but yesterday it was just a struggle. And you know, give credit to the Bengals for being a, a one and eleven football team going in the in the yesterday. They, they played hard. Uh, you know, they outgained the Browns yesterday. Uh, the defense played well at times, and um, you know. The, the Bengals had a shot to to tie the game at, at the end. The Browns' defense held, but um, you know that, that that Bengals' defense yesterday was uh, not giving up easy points. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Bengals they're they're fighting despite being one and twelve now. I mean, it's apparent that you know they're not packing it on the season. You know, they played hard against Pittsburgh. They they beat a a Jets team that was on a roll, especially on the defensive side. And, you know, they played hard yesterday. You know, they just, their offense couldn't score any points, which we'll get to in a little bit. But um, here, you, you, let, let, let me get some scores to you for, for the Bengals this season. For those that say it's a, a win is a win. Um, you know, Stephen Thomas put this out and I, I wanted to read this out. Uh, Seahawks 21, Bengals 20, Ravens 23, Bengals 17, Steelers 16, Bengals 10. Raiders 17, Bengals 10. You know, they, they've played teams tough all season, and like we saw when the Browns went on 16, it, it's very hard uh, to accomplish that feat. You know, you have to be very unlucky. And, uh, you know, in those four games, you know, it, it's just a, a one-possession game, and they could have uh, five wins right now. So they're not as terrible as we think. They've played teams tough this season. So, uh that that's where I'm at with you know uh, uh, the people complaining that we just we only beat a, a one win football team by eight. Yeah, definitely. Um, sorry about that. Uh, even though they're one in twelve, they play hard. Obviously, they're coaching as well as they can with the lack of talent that they have, and there is some talent on both sides of the football. Um, but they're fighting. It's just much like Miami. Like obviously, there's not a lot of talent there, but. Uh, Brian Flores has coached a hell of a job and despite them, you know, dumping the roster off, they're still fighting and getting wins down the stretch. Uh, Cincinnati is trying to get wins as well, even though they are secure right now to get the number one pick. And ultimately I think they're going to draft Joe Burrow, but yeah, they're going to continue to fight. They fight yesterday. You know, it looked at times like they should have beat the Browns, but obviously they kept shooting themselves in the foot, but I think they're going to continue to fight down the stretch. They may scratch out another win. Might not be this week. They're playing uh, New England, so that'll be interesting. But, uh, like, you talked about how uh, the limited amount of running in the first half. Uh, and I don't know if this was just a head coaching adjustment or coaching adjustment or, you know, common sense finally just prevailed. They started running the ball in the second half. This is actually a game where they ran more than they passed. Uh, but in the second half, 
they turn to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who we've been saying for weeks, like the offense should be going through them. And, and it did throughout the second half. Uh, Chubb and Hunt took over the game and uh, ultimately helped the Browns get to a victory. Yeah, once they came out in the second half uh, after they get, they got the opening kickoff, uh, you saw what the game plan was going to be in that second half, and it was very effective. Um, you know, it's almost like they should have been doing the, the whole game. You know, yesterday was a game where they probably could have ran the ball uh, 40 times uh, against the, the Bengals and would have won the game no problem. But, um, you know, you, you do have to mix the pass in there at, at some point. But I, I think with uh, – the, the, how bad uh, the Bengals' rush defense has, has been this season. Uh, that should have been the game plan. But, you know, look, these, these coaches know way more than we do, uh, at, at least, uh, you know, that's the general consensus. And um, I, I think they, they might have uh, opened up a lot in the running game by passing so much in that first half. Um, but, you know, once they decided to stick with the run, uh, they got Kareem Hunt in motion uh, in that offense. Uh, it, it opened up things for Chubb and, and vice versa. So, you know, we know what works with this offense. It's the passing game that has been, uh, I, I don't want to say lackluster, but uh, maybe average uh, this season. And if they could just get that going and, you know, I think a lot of it falls on the, the topic we're going to discuss later with one of our wide receivers but if they could get that other aspect complementing the running game uh, with how well the running game is performing, that that's where this offense could almost be unstoppable. But uh, at, at least right now, the, the running game is effective, and they were able to run uh, to win that game yesterday in the second half. Anthony, what do you make of you know people saying that we don't run the ball enough yet? And Doug Lake Maurice of Cleveland.com even pointed this out today. People say they don't run the ball enough, yet Nick Chubb currently leads the league in both carries and rushing yards, and Kareem Hunt's averaging almost five yards a touch since his uh, return from suspension. Maybe maybe it builds on what I just said. You know, the, the running game has been so effective while the passing game uh, hasn't, you know, like I said, was average. Uh, I, I think when they see something um, that's been that effective, they want to stick with it, and uh, I, I know you can't do that every single game. You have to throw the football in the NFL uh, in, in order to win, but uh, when you have one part of your offense that is so above and beyond the other, uh, like the running game is over the passing game, I, I think that's what leads people to believe that they need to run the ball even more uh, than what they are now, and they don't realize how much we've actually run the football this year. Yeah. I I was talking to people about it earlier today. And like, my thing is, I think it's just the flow of the offense that I think is like the biggest issue with me. Um, they obviously do run the ball enough. The numbers speak for themselves. It's just the way Freddie calls a game. I think that's what, the, and you know, I don't know how much Munkin has to say on it, which we'll get into that a little later as well, but just the flow of the play calling, I think is what gets me a lot just cause you know, we'll be up like the Miami game, for instance, we were up 20 and they kept throwing the ball and I'm thinking like run the ball, burn the clock. Like that's, that's what you do with a big lead like that. You just make burn clock and time, hold the ball, time of possession, 
make sure that the defense or don't give the other team a chance. I think like the flow of it is really what gets me going. Um, Cause obviously the numbers say that we are running just as much as we are passing. Yeah. And, and, you know, you talk about the flow of the offense and um, you know, when you, you know, pass on first down as incomplete, then you run uh, on second down, you know, maybe you get three or four yards, you're facing a third and six and are, are facing a potential three and out already. And, you know, that's happened to the Browns countless times. Or you throw three shape passes on offense and, you know, maybe you complete one, but you're you're facing a, a three and out at that point. You know, it, it's the, the running game built it, it is built to help the offense flow. And there are so many different things that you can do off of it with the pass that is an extension of the running game, whether it be those quick swing passes, which they did to Kareem Hunt yesterday. Uh, out to the outside or, uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, that's basically running the football, but, you know, it, it counts as a forward pass. Uh, but they're, they're taking so many shots down the field uh, that it, it disrupts the flow uh, of the offense. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I think with the running game being so effective, uh, when, when they actually go to it, uh, the, the passing game is what's really holding back uh, the, the real flow of this offense. One thing that really didn't, uh, I didn't have a problem with yesterday was the offensive line. And, uh, you know, Greg Robinson came back. That was a, obviously a boost, but the right tackle position got a boost yesterday, I think, too. You know, Chris Hubbard, unfortunately, had to miss the game due to injury. Kendall Lamb, who has been like a mysterious player this year. You know, he's been active a lot, but hasn't played. Uh, they've elected to go with McCray in certain spots, but he got the call at starting right tackle yesterday. And I thought he played well. Like I didn't see any, like any mishaps. There was no penalties. Uh, PFF has him graded pretty well. Um, like, and I didn't, and the best part was, you know, because I missed the first half, so I get into the second half of the game, and no complaints about the offensive line, really. Um, Anthony, how do you think Lamb stepped up and performed at right tackle yesterday? Yeah, he uh, he played uh, well enough to where you didn't hear his name. And when you don't hear an offensive lineman's name, typically, is when they're playing well. Um you know, obviously, I, I was there, so I wouldn't have heard the commentary about it. But everything that I saw, um, you know, watching the game, he, he held his own yesterday. And I know the, the Bengals don't have uh, that stout of a defensive line. They do have some solid players there. But, um, you know, he held his own. And uh, I'm more than fine with uh, him being the guy to close the season out. Uh, at the right tackle position. I, Chris Hubbard has not been good uh, this year. Uh, he more than likely will not be back next season. I would be very shocked uh, if he is, uh, you know, with the contract that he has. Uh, the, the Browns can certainly get out of it uh, this offseason. Uh, so I would not be surprised. Um, I, as to say, I, I would be shocked if he's back. I'll put it that way. Um so I, I would be more than okay with the evaluating Lamb uh, as the, the right tackle. Uh, I'm not going to go into next season counting on him to be, 
per se, but if he's a guy who uh, can can fill in if there is an injury, um, you know, on that offensive line, whether it be the left tackle, right tackle, uh, you know, in the future, um, you know, th- these next few games, I-, I think will prove if he if he can handle that. Yeah, definitely. I would easily start him at right tackle down the stretch here against Arizona, Baltimore, and Cincinnati. Um, this is his audition. You, if you can bring him back on another one-year deal relatively cheap, uh, he would be a solid depth piece. And maybe you, if he plays well down the stretch, you bring him back, have him be the starting right tackle, and let him be the bridge to someone. If they get someone in the second, third, fourth round, you know, let him let that player groom behind Lamb as the right tackle. Uh, you know, it's crazy because I'm looking at the PFF grades. Uh, shout out to Eric Brown for sharing them in our uh, in the Browns group chat that I'm in. Uh, not only did he, did Lamb grade out well, Wyatt Teller graded out really well. He was the second highest rated Browns player. And uh, those guys were actually the top rated offensive linemen overall. But Tonio and Treader were the two worst. So that was really telling because uh, normally you see Batonio and Treader, they're the better of the offensive linemen, but Teller and Lamb graded out better than them um, in some aspects. Uh, so, but, you know, it's it was nice to see the line played really well. Baker only got sacked once. Um, didn't get didn't see him get hit all that much yesterday. So uh, if they, if this, if this is the starting unit, that's the best one going forward. You have to roll with this the last few weeks because you got to give Baker solid protection because he's been hit a lot this year and he, you can't let him get hit too much already. He's already got the hand injury. You don't want anything serious to have happen down the stretch. Um, and obviously everybody's in pretty much an audition phase uh, for the roster because I would expect, especially with the offensive line, a lot of changes coming at with that group, especially this offseason. Minus Batonio and Treader, those guys are safe moving forward. Yeah, and I, I think um, I think Teller might be safe. I, I know they have Drew Forbes waiting around. We're not sure if he's going to play tackle or guard. I, I know they're very high on him. Uh, so we'll see where he fits into this equation going into next season. But, uh, uh, yeah, I like I said, I don't see Chris Hubbard coming back. I'd be shocked if uh, if Robinson comes back. But, you know, you, that begs the question, and, and I, I know we'll discuss this a lot more, do you really want to go into next season with two rookie tackles, one on each side? Um, you know, there are some guys out there free agent wise at the right tackle position that could make some sense as maybe a, a one year prove it kind of deal. Um, but uh, I, I think that uh, bringing in a, a veteran, if you're going to bring in two rookie offensive linemen makes sense. Uh, but I would not stick with the, the two tackles that are currently here. Uh, you know, my take, I think I made it last week. I open to bringing Robinson back. You know, if they don't think lamb's the guy I would bring Robinson back and perhaps swing him over to right tackle. He has experience there, but you know, that's a discussion for another day. Um, let's well, flip over to the, de- well, oh, I, go ahead. I, I, I would, I would be okay if, uh, they, they brought him back and, and maybe, um, if they do draft the rookie left tackle, you know, if the rookie left guy, left tackle can beat them out, that's fine. They could both be on the team. Uh, I don't know how much it will cost the Browns to bring back Robinson for another year, but you, you know, the, a rookie left tackle contract 
with the, where the Browns are probably going to be picking is not going to be extremely detrimental. So uh, I could see them bringing him back uh, just as maybe a, a veteran president to maybe help out the, the two rookie tackles that they could potentially have. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, we'll discuss that once the season's over. Uh, let's continue with the game. Uh, let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. It was, you know, a bend but don't break type performance. Uh, you know, Cincinnati had over 450 yards of total offense, which, you know, was kind of crazy. But like we talked in the pregame, they have talent on that side. Uh, Dalton always seems to be a thorn some somewhat to the Browns ever since he was drafted. Uh, you know, Mixon had a solid game. You know, Tyler Boyd continues to have a solid game. But, you know, they the Browns, they didn't break. You know, they had the one touchdown with it off the Mayfield interception. But, you know, they held them to four field goals. You know, they would get down to the red zone, but the Browns defense would, would clamp down uh, outside of the Mixon touchdown. I, I thought the defense did okay, but, you know, there's still a lot of room for improvement. But I get, you know... There's uh we're really deep into the roster at some point at some aspects of it. Oh, de- definitely. You know the secondary and, and defensive line are uh, walking mash units uh, right now. Uh, it, plus, you know having that suspension with Garrett doesn't help. Um, you know the 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 defense is very depleted, and you know we knew going into uh, the season that this defense still needed some kind of depth. Uh, we knew that injuries uh, were, were going to hurt uh, the defense if they piled up. Um, you know, Obviously, we weren't accounting for uh, a suspension of our best player uh, when we were discussing that. But um, you know, there's a lot of young guys on that defense that uh, are, are definitely fighting for their jobs. And you know, some of those guys are, are playing well. Uh, you know, Brian Cox Jr. Uh, could be a potential rotational piece down the road if they decide to bring him back. Um, so, you know, th- there's some guys on this defense that are playing really hard and are playing for their jobs. And it will be curious to see how they continue to um, uh, improve uh, over these last few weeks. I, I know that they don't have uh, – the easiest of games, these next two games, uh, you know, we've seen guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick and uh, Andy Dalton run a little bit on this Brown defense. Just imagine what Kyle Murray is going to do uh, next week. Uh, obviously, you have Lamar Jackson after that, who's probably going to be the MVP uh, this season of the NFL. So uh, they definitely have their work cut out for them. Um, you know, Anytime you can score points with your defense like they did yesterday with the pick six, it's a good day on defense. Uh, Getting that extra touchdown proved to pretty much be the difference maker yesterday. Um, I I thought that they picked on Greedy Williams again. Uh, That seems to be a trend going on. I I know that's because Denzel Ward is very good, and you saw with his pick six yesterday uh, that teams – think twice about throwing to his side. So I think that's why uh, Greedy gets picked on uh, the way he does. Um, you know, uh, the tackling yesterday was subpar at best. Uh, I, I can't tell you how much it drives me nuts to see guys trying to tackle with their shoulders and not wrap up and whatnot uh, and, and try to go for uh, go for a kill shot 
uh, on your opponent. That drives me nuts. Um, but uh, I, I think that the, the defense played well enough to win yesterday. Uh, you know, it is a team that was 1-11 going in yesterday despite uh, them playing some tough games this season. Um, you know, like I said, scoring on defense helps. Uh, but the defense cracked down when it needed to uh, with those couple goal line stands uh, that they had uh, against the Bengals. So there's definitely some positive things to take out of yesterday. Uh, they outweigh the negatives a little bit, but uh, there's a lot of stuff that they have to clean up uh, over these last few games. Yeah, yeah, the tackling effort, you know, has been poor much of the season. I, I don't know who's teaching them to tackle that way, but it's become a constant thing the last couple of years. Like, they've just become a poor tackling football team. And, you know, that's obviously comes down to coaching. You know, we even switched defensive coordinators and uh, assistant coaches, and the tackling issue is still there. Um, you know, guys that stood out, Sheldrick Redwine obviously has gotten an increased amount of playing time. And he's played well. He was the top graded defender on PFF. And then you mentioned Brian Cox Jr. You know, obviously the Browns have had to go out and try to find guys uh, on the edge in the wake of the Miles Garrett suspension. And, you know, obviously they let Chris Smith go. They traded Jannard Avery a few weeks back and they brought guys like Brian Cox Jr. in, Porter Gustin. And Cox Jr. has been one of the guys that uh, he has shown some flashes. You know, he he's definitely auditioning obviously for a future role and he could be a nice depth option moving forward um you know sheldon richardson has played well and you know he's been quiet but he's been effective and you know i remember when we signed him it obviously got overshadowed by the odell beckham trade but richardson's been a solid free agent acquisition for them um larry ogan joby played well yesterday i mean those guys are playing well obviously they can only do so much uh but seeing guys like Cox Jr. step up in terms of the pass rush and then Sheldrick Redwine uh, taking a step, you know, you hope, you know, that he continues to get better. Obviously, he was a mid-round pick. No one expected him to have to be a contributor because we have guys like Demarius Randall. We had Morgan Burnett. But, you know, it's nice to see Redwine playing well the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it has, you know, he, he struggled early on, but uh, I, I think with what they've been ask, asking him to do, uh, he's been able to grow in that role a little bit. Um, you know, talk about Sheldon Richardson, I don't think there's enough you could say about what he's done this season. And you could certainly make the case, Jack, that uh, he was probably the best move the Browns made this offseason. Uh, so, um he has been nothing but but stellar in that defense. You know he, you don't hear his name often, but when you do, it's definitely making an impact. And he does a lot of things that you don't hear about uh, from the commentary on the game. He just works hard. He um, is always taking on double teams, and when he has opportunities to make tackles for loss, he does it. Uh, he has a few sacks this season, so he ha- has played very well. And I, I think that. Uh, He's definitely been the most uh, underrated player, uh, I think, under Browns this season uh, based on uh, what he's been able to do. So there's been guys that have been able to step up, uh, you know, as we go through the rest of the season. uh, The playoff chances are on. uh 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Life support at this moment, but uh, there's some guys who are really fighting for their jobs next season, and uh, I, I think that's shown over the last few weeks. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm glad you actually brought up the uh, playoff odds because, you know, that'll be our next topic. And the Browns are still technically in the hunt. You know, they showed it on TV last night during the Sunday night game. Um, you know, it, it's they're minuscule because right now, obviously, Pittsburgh's eight and five, the second wild card team. The Bills are nine and four. But then, you know, the Tennessee Titans, who have definitely been the surprise during the second half because Ryan Tannehill has come out uh, as the new starting quarterback for them and has been playing lights out football. Obviously, they have Derrick Henry, who's second in the league in rushing. Great defense, great coaching out of Mike Vrabel and his staff. The Browns sit at six and seven. Obviously, they need a lot of help to get in, but... It's nice still with three weeks to go that they're still technically in the hunt, although it is the minuscule of chances to get in. Yeah, you know, they, they have the tiebreaker right now over Oakland and the Colts, uh, so that's helpful. Uh, they need Tennessee to lose some games. Um, they do have three very tough games remaining. Uh, so uh, if Tennessee wins one more, uh, well, the Browns might technically be eliminated next week if the Tennessee wins one more, uh, since they do have the head-to-head tiebreaker. Uh, we'll have to check on that one. But obviously, uh, the Steelers can um, – I'm not sure who would have the tiebreaker in that one. I know we split the season series. I think it might go down to conference record, which right now uh, the Steelers are 6-3, and three, we're 6-4. and four. So they still have one more uh, AFC conference game uh, than we do remaining so like i said the, the playoff chances are on life support at this moment um we'll see how it turns out uh I, i'm not expecting them to make the playoffs i don't they could sneak in uh but they're gonna have to win the last three games and when you have uh, arizona this sunday it's not going to be an easy game obviously when you're facing the uh reigning mvp or the potential mvp and lamar jackson um that's going to be a tough game. Uh, we'll see how the weather plays a factor in that one because that is three days before Christmas. And then the last game against Cincinnati on the road uh, could, is going to be a tough game as well So, uh, based on what we saw yesterday. So the, it, I'm not really focused on the playoffs at, at this point. Um, I, I would be shocked if somehow they stuck in, but uh, I think right now you could pretty much put the, the playoff stock to bed. Before we move on to the off the field stuff, we did put out a poll last night on our Twitter account at the Dogland for who was the 1085 top dog player of the game. We had four choices. We had Nick Chubb, who had a, once again had another 100 yard performance. Uh, Jarvis Landry, who led the team in receiving and had a very nice 40 yard screenplay towards the end of the game, which pretty much sealed the victory. Uh, Denzel Ward, who had the pick six, 
And then Larry Ogunjobi, who led the team with tackles, also had half a sack and three QB hits. Um, Anthony, who is your pick for top dog of the game? Those are all very tough choices. But uh, like I said earlier, anytime the defense, uh, whenever the defense can score points and help your offense out, uh, you know, that helps you win football games. So I, I would have to give it to Denzel Ward yesterday for his pick six. Yeah, I actually was going to pick that as well, but the fans, even though it was a small, small sample size, it was only 50 votes, um, they went with Nick Chubb on this one. He got 70% of the vote. Uh, Denzel Ward came in second with 16%. Landry at 14%. And sorry, Larry, uh, you got 0% of the vote, but uh, we all love and appreciate you. You've been uh, one of the, the top players on defense. Um, but Fans seem to love Nick Chubb. Uh, I think if you put a poll out who is the favorite Cleveland Browns player right now, I think Nick Chubb would lead that vote, uh, definitely. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and, you know, you hear, I don't know how audible it is on TV, but when they got down to the goal line, uh, you just hear the stadium chanting for Chubb. Uh, I, I hope that comes across on TV because it's really cool to hear in person. So, uh, he's definitely the, the the fan favorite for sure. Absolutely, you could hear it on TV yesterday when uh, after he ripped off that fifty-seven yard run, uh, they were people were yelling "Chub, Chub, Chub." Obviously, Hunt got the got the touchdown, but uh, you could definitely tell that uh, people want Chub to get into the end zone, and he's having an unbelievable year, uh, one of the best seasons by a Browns running back in a long time. Uh, now we're unfortunately going to get to the stuff that we really don't like to talk about, but we have to cover it. Um, you know, let's just start with the Odell Beckham stuff, Anthony. Uh, you know, there was this, the rumors last week that said he wanted out. You know, he talked to the media. I think it was last Thursday and said that he was happy in Cleveland. Uh, he didn't know what the future holds. Um, but he said he'll worry about that stuff once he gets to the offseason season. Well, yesterday, right before the game, Jay Glazer comes on TV on the Fox pregame show, and he says that you know he doesn't see the relationship with the Browns ending well. He said he's talked to uh, multiple players and coaches that said that Odell has told these people during or after the game or before games, "Come get me, come get me out of here." Um, and you know there was a report today through Yahoo Sports that said that Odell is just having a tough time finding himself. He's, uh, you know, he got all this, this fame and fortune and now he, he's like, he just doesn't know what to do or what his life's going to hold. And, uh, you know, it just, it makes you wonder what his, what this is going to lead to because we've seen how the diva wide receivers act and not saying that Odell has been a diva. I think he's been, he's been good, pretty good for the most part since he's gotten to Cleveland. Uh, the, obviously the attention brings, that he brings himself is uh, distracting at times. But uh, Anthony, do you think that the Browns can work out something with Odell? Obviously his contract, the guaranteed money runs out after this year. So I think that does play a role into it. And obviously the injury as well. But do you think this is something that can be salvaged or after this season, do you think Odell Beckham is going to ask for a trade out of Cleveland? It's a tough question, you know, and, and it's one that uh, it's going to be hard for anybody to speculate on. But if it were me, uh, 
I said yesterday on Twitter, I think a new contract would fix a lot of things. Obviously, the, the cure-all is, uh, is winning, I believe. And if they can get to a point where, uh, you know, the, they're winning consistently, uh, you know, that might convince him that this is the right place for him. I know, uh, you know, maybe thank goodness Jarvis is here because if he wasn't, this could have gone off the rails a long time ago. Uh, you know, maybe Jarvis is the only one that that's keeping this uh, the way it is right now. Um, but uh, I, you know, it, it, it's so hard to answer that question because uh, he, he's definitely somebody who is very unpredictable uh, in what he does. I I think that this situation is repairable, uh, and, and that's to say, and that's to really say, is it? really even broken uh, at this point um you know only only he can answer that uh but uh, i i think that it, it, it's very repairable i'm not going to give up on him easily at, at this point the the return that you would get for him is not what most people think it would be uh based on his talent um you know you might not get a, a first in return uh, based on you know what's gone on this season, I, I think that you know you're, you're probably looking at uh, at most a, a second uh, rounder at this point. You're not going to get back what you gave up for him. So I, I I would do if I'm John Dorsey, you know this has to be uh, maybe number one priority is, is to make everything right. Um, you know, maybe shutting him down so he could deal with his injury would be the right thing to do. Uh, I, I know he said that uh, he wants to be there for his teammates, and, or, or that's what Freddie said about Odell today, is that he wants to be there for his teammates, and there really hasn't been a, a thought about shutting him down. But, um, you know, maybe that's the best option at, at this point is to get him healthy and, you know, get him going in the right direction. And eliminate the uh, distraction for the rest of the season, um, but uh, I, I think that the situation uh, can be fixed. Uh, I think it will be fixed, and we're gonna, you know, once we start winning, this is just all gonna be stuff that will be long forgotten at some point. Yeah, I definitely hope so. Like, I don't want to trade Odell by any means like yeah this the stuff that comes with him obviously gets annoying but I mean this is what you get when you get a, a, a guy with the caliber of talent like Odell Beckham um, I do think the contract thing would be one way to resolve it um, I just I think he's frustrated be, to a degree because you know all the the hype and the excitement that the Browns were going to you know, be a playoff contender, a dark horse Super Bowl contender. And he's only seen the playoffs once in his six years. And obviously they're going to miss it again, barring a miracle. I, I, I think he wants to win. I mean, that's, I think anybody that into the plays professional football wants to win. Um, but yeah, I just hope that this stuff can get worked out because like you said, like many others have said, anybody that thinks we're going to be able to trade him and get, back what we got in return that's not going to happen especially if he's already asking out i mean the, the leverage the browns lose leverage in that aspect so they're not going to get the first and the third and a player back like what they gave up but 
yeah, it's definitely something that needs to get resolved. Um, hopefully the Browns can do it. You know, we'll see how that goes. Obviously, another big story, and it pertains to Odell again. Uh, there was a report yesterday that he has a sports hernia. Um, he he's going to need surgery. Uh, they the team or the media asked Baker about it in the post game, um, and Baker, you know, gave his opinion on it, and he may have said a little bit more too much than he needed to. He said he he pretty much threw the medical staff under the bus, saying that it, it should have been handled better. Um, Odell could have had surgery during training camp, only missed a couple games, but instead, you know, I don't know, like what if Odell refused surgery or the medical staff uh, thought surgery wasn't needed. I mean, this seems like another story that that, that Baker, you know, Baker was in a position where he didn't need to comment on it. I know they asked him, but at some point, if it doesn't pertain to you, you just don't need to give your take on it because it, it just makes Baker look bad. I mean, I don't know if you disagree with that, Anthony, but I think we all know what we were going to get with Baker in this point. But if the question doesn't pertain to you, and I don't think he should have gave his opinion on it. That was just my, my take on it. Yeah, I think you you uh, hit the nail on the head in your dog talk article that you posted earlier today when, when talking about it. You know, there, there's just some things where uh, you don't need to, to speak on. And when, when you're a professional quarterback in the NFL, uh, no comment is probably uh, the best comment. And I, I know that, you know, Baker is only in his second year. And uh, as time goes on, I would like to think that he would learn uh, some of these things uh, and how to deal these situations. And, you know, and I think having, a, a rookie head coach is part of this to where, uh, you know, maybe that mentor isn't there of somebody who's been through it all before, um, you know, is, isn't able to help them, uh, in situations like these, uh, you know, you don't want to throw, uh, your, your training staff under the bus, especially if in the future they need to, you know, help you out and whatnot, you know, you don't, you know, those are people that you probably don't want to uh, make angry um, for sure. So, you know, uh, like I said, I think you hit it on the head uh, in your dog talk article uh, about Baker, you know, he has some growing up to do. And I, and I think that's uh, a theme of this whole organization. This whole organization has growing up to do. Uh, with where it was and where it has been uh, with being a, a losing culture and, and just a, a total uh, dysfunction for so many years. Uh, this team ha has to evolve from ownership to front office to the players uh, to everybody. This team has to evolve uh, in order to take the next step, and hopefully at some point they can do that. Yeah, I think this is where – you know, and I talked about this, I think, last week, where good veteran presence on this team would help. You know, we we like we have solid veterans here, Batonio, Treader, Schobert, Landry. But and I think this also uh, goes to the PR staff as well. Like either Baker's not listening or these guys report their job like they have to tell Baker, like, 
how to handle these questions better. And if he's not listening to them, then that's that's bad on Baker, and he really does need to grow up. But I think good veteran presence would be able to pull Baker aside and be like, dude, if it's not, if this isn't your place to say something, you shouldn't say something. Now, like he handled the Miles Garrett situation perfectly, I think. But then, like the Duke Johnson thing, I think he handled poorly. Uh, and this, I think he handled poorly. Like there's times where Baker just needs to shut up. And especially yesterday with how poor he played, I really don't think he needed to shoot his mouth off the way he did. Uh, I have a question for you. Where do you think this team would be, say, if they had the veteran and leadership like they did with those Eric Mangini teams, but they actually had uh, the talent of this current roster? I think they would be, well, we're six and seven now. I could honestly see us being around the nine and nine and four mark. Yeah, like eight and five, nine and four, maybe even ten and three. Yeah, I, I think that this offseason, they need to go the route of injecting those players in, into uh, this organization, those kinds of players. You know, they, they got so young. Uh, with the rebuild, and I think they need to insert guys who have been there before. They they know how to handle themselves. They know how to be a professional. They know how to you know win close games. They know how to win playoff games. Um, so I I think that uh, and, and maybe that starts at the top with the head coach. We don't know. We'll fi- we'll find out that fate uh, coming up soon. So there's a lot of questions. Uh, that need to be answered uh, about this team and about this roster, and uh, it, it's it's going to be a a fun ride, that's for sure. Yeah, it definitely is. But what unfortunately isn't a fun ride, and this is going to be our last topic. We'll push back another one for later on this week. But uh, Anthony, that that D word is back as it pertains to the Cleveland Browns, and the D word I'm talking about is dysfunction. Uh, Saturday night. Uh, Cleveland.com posted an article about, you know, Odell Beckham's, you know, frustrations with the offense and that this dysfunction was the word that got brought up. Uh, it, it was reported that, you know, Kitchens is the play caller, but he receives, and this was the biggest thing I took away from it. He receives reported input from Todd Munkin, who is the offensive coordinator, Ryan Lindley, who is the QB coach. And then Drew Stanton, who's currently on injured reserve, but is there essentially as a mentor to Baker Mayfield. Anthony, when I read this, I immediately thought of, and we had this conversation plenty of times on the podcast this season, the clock's winding down and Baker has to like hurry up and can't even read the defense and has to uh, snap the ball quickly or uh, they have to call a timeout or something happens like, I could see that happening if you got four voices in your in your ear constantly, and that's going to really lead to poor get play calling, you know, poor execution of the offense, and then mistakes like interceptions or bad pass protection. Like it could lead to so many different things, and it's like this is where the term "too many cooks in the kitchen" it comes to perfect use. That, that that's a great pun, by the way. Um, did they report that this is going on during the games? I didn't read it. Did they report that's going on during the games? Yeah, they. It's essentially said that he receives game day input, which I would assume would be during the game. 
from Munkin, Lindley, and Stanton. And they said that the the quarterbacks have their their two hands on with the offense, which makes me think, you know, Baker might be a part of that problem as well. Yeah. So uh, look, to me, this would be a non-story if you know this is going on during the week and you're you know you're in the game plan and you're you're planning out uh, what you're going to do on, on Sundays and you know you make all these decisions during the week as a collective group and then you have you know, Freddie Kitchens with the final say on everything when it comes to game day. But if this is going on during the game, Jack, it is a big problem. Um, you know, the term too many cooks in the kitchen is uh, might be an understatement at that point. You know, and uh, if you have one guy saying, oh, we should run this play here or we should run this play here. Uh, maybe that's why we have such a disruptive flow of the offense that we've discussed there's no one coherent uh consistent game plan if it's all these guys giving their input during the game and it's uh you know well it's almost like they're they're throwing a dart at the wall with different plays oh let's run this one here let's run run this one there um so i hope that's not truly the case but if it is that that's a that's a major problem, and uh, it would certainly explain a lot of things that have gone on this season. Yeah, and and one other note, it says that there's a disconnect between Munkin and Kitchens. And, you know, you go back over the summer, our buddy Mike Silver even said that there was a disconnect, and we all kind of blew it off and said that, obviously, Munkin is coming from Tampa he ran a certain style offense. You got, and he's coming in to work for Kitchens. He's not essentially the offensive coordinator. He just helps with the game planning. I mean, Munkin knew what he was getting into essentially when he took the job here. And I think he was hoping that if the Browns were successful, it would piggyback into a head coaching role, which is ultimately what I think what Munkin wants. And obviously, he's pretty much one of Kitchens' lackeys because Kitchens calls the offense and. Munkin has to sit in the booth. I'm sure he gives his input as clear as the report states, but Munkin isn't essentially the offensive coordinator. So I would expect that change to come in the offseason where either they let Munkin become the play caller and, you know, take the load off the kitchens or Munkin just steps down and, and leaves Cleveland, which I think would ultimately be the, uh, the, the situation if kitchens gets to stay. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty easy to say that if uh, Freddie Kitchens is back next year, uh, Todd Munkin won't be. I, I think that's pretty simple. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, Anthony, since we're here, we might as well discuss this topic because um, I don't know when we'll record next. But uh, Joe Schobert was with the media today, and they were, he was asked about the contract extension. Obviously, Schobert's a free agent after this year. Um, and he said, no offer yet from the Browns. So – there hasn't been a number offered to Schobert and his representation from the Browns end. I'm sure Schobert and his representation have sent numbers over to the Browns. Uh, he is definitely a priority uh, to get back here. He's a second best defensive player behind Miles Garrett. He's one of the leaders on the defensive side of the ball. And honestly, even though Mac Wilson has shown flashes, that linebacker room is a mess. Obviously, Christian Kirksey's been sidelined with the injury, but it is a priority for them to re-sign Joe Schober. And if they let him go, 
it's going to be a bad look for John Dorsey and the organization if they let Schobert walk. Yeah, I, I mentioned Odell is the top priority. Well, Odell is 1A, Joe Schobert's 1B, or switch them around. You know, this is the, the, the captain of, of your defense. This is the guy who makes everything tick uh, out there. He has played his butt off. Uh, over the last couple seasons, and I, I think he's proven himself. Um, you know, a lot of the Joe Schobert haters, I, I think, have uh, disappeared uh, based on his performance. So uh, it, it is definitely a priority to uh, re-sign Schobert. Uh, I hope it doesn't get to the point where they get into a situation where they need to use their franchise tag on him. Uh, but uh, that, that's something I would do if you know they can't work out a deal. Uh, at least a long-term deal. Um, I, I he needs to be back, uh, and you know, if, if you let him walk, you're just cre- creating another hole on your defense on, on uh, a depth chart that has so many holes uh, to begin with. Uh, you know, with safety and defensive line and, and corners. So you, you can't afford to create another hole when you have the resources to. Uh, resign uh, said player and uh, hopefully he's back next year. Yeah, if they have to franchise him, it's I think $16 million. Our buddy Jack Duffin had posted it earlier today. Um, that would be the worst case because then that right there is the starting point of a extension uh, talk. So I was of the opinion that you give him five years, $70 million with like half of that guaranteed. Now you're looking at a situation where if you sign him into a five-year deal at $16 million per, I mean, that's going to hurt our cap situation, especially when we're trying to re-sign Miles Garrett and then in a couple years, hopefully Baker, Denzel, Nick Chubb. So, yeah, they got to get an extension done. And if they let him walk, I mean, like I said, that's that's it's going to get ugly because we've seen players walk out the door and go excel elsewhere if Dorsey does that because – you know, the price wasn't right or it's not his guy. I mean, uh, the opinion on Dorsey has changed a lot, I think, here in the last year or so. So he does something like letting Schobert walk. It's going to get ugly for him, to say the least. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it would be a very bad look, like you mentioned, if they let Joe Schobert walk out of here uh, for nothing. Anything else you want to discuss, Anthony? Uh, I think uh, I think that's it. All righty. Uh, as always, you guys can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony Jokey. J- that's J-O-K-I. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at jmccurrycle. Uh, check out our website, thedogland.com or dog.land. Um, I posted our Dog Talk uh, article this morning talking about the win, Odell and Baker, much like we discussed here on the pod. Uh, so definitely go check that out. Like, share, subscribe our po- to our podcast. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We truly appreciate it. And as we get on out of here, as always, go Browns. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.